0: Hello and welcome to Coast Range Radio, a production of the Coast Range Association. I'm your host, Michael Gaskill. This is part two of a three-part series on Oregon's Marine Reserve Program. For those who don't know, a marine reserve is an area within our coastal waters dedicated to scientific research and conservation where all ocean development and removal of marine life is prohibited. You can think of it kind of like a combination of an underwater state park, a wildlife preserve, and a living laboratory. Here in Oregon, we have five designated marine reserves. From north to south, they're located offshore of Cape Falcon, Cascade Head, Otter Rock, Cape Perpetua, and way down south near Port Orford, Redfish Rocks. In part one, we got a great high-level overview of Oregon's marine reserve system with former marine reserve program leader, Kristen Dawn. You can find that episode along with all of our shows at coastrange.org. We're also on all the podcast apps at Coast Range Radio, and we'd be grateful if you'd subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. And if you're listening on your community radio station, thank you so much for that, and please make sure to support them. Okay, back to today's episode. For parts two and three of our Marine Reserve series, we'll be talking with our community partners from each reserve up and down the coast. We'll be heading north to south, and today we'll be starting with Nadia Gardner from Cape Falcon and North Coast Land Conservancy, and then we'll hear from Duncan Berry with the Cascade Head Biosphere Reserve. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future shows and guests, please reach out. My email is michael at coastrange.org. Okay, on with the show.
1: My name is Nadia Gardner. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and I'm the Volunteer Chair of the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve Program of the North Coast Land Conservancy. The Cape Falcon Marine Reserve is the northernmost of Oregon's five marine reserve. Um, It is located between the cities of Cannon Beach and Manzanita on Oregon's north coast. It's right alongside Oswald West State Park, which is a 2,500 acre beautiful Ogro Forest Park. Those who have visited, most of them probably have visited uh, the very popular Short Sand Beach. The Marine Reserve is uh, six miles long and um, about three nautical miles wide. So it's the entire, from the beach out to the, the state territorial line. Um, and so it's in, in its entirety, it's about 20 square miles. Within that area, you have a marine reserve, which is um, completely closed to harvest of any living thing and also closed to ocean development. There are also two marine protected areas that have different restrictions. One is um, uh, it's the last mile out um, offshore, and that allows only salmon and uh crabbing. A harvest. Cape Falcon Marine Reserve uh, was, was established in 2016, so it's about six and a half years old at this time. As a native Oregonian and someone who's lived on Oregon's north coast for 20 years, my history and culture is rooted in nature. You can't really escape it. And um, I've always done environmental science since I was a little girl um starting at Portland Audubon um as a child. Uh, and as I as I grew up and my career developed, I became an environmental scientist and I have a master's degree um in environmental science and management. Um, my career history is um you know multifaceted I'll say I worked at, at um at land trusts and restoration uh, capacities. Um but, since I lived on the coast, I of course, were w- was increasingly interested in our ocean. Um and so, uh, even though i my career was focused on the land and the rivers, um particularly on the Columbia River, um I ended up um, working in Oregon's marine reserves. I think I've been doing it for, you know more than ten years as a volunteer um because really, there is no fence between our land and rivers and our ocean, and we can't ignore it. Cape Falcon Marine Reserve is unique in that it is the northernmost of the five marine reserves on Oregon's coast. It's the second largest after the Cape Perpetua Marine Reserve. And one thing that we're really proud of is its land-sea connection. Just recently, the North Coast Land Conservancy, which is our program's um, supporter, uh, purchased the Rainforest Reserve, which is a 3,500-acre forested mountainside and many streams um, adjacent to Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. And then the Arch Cape Domestic Water Supply District purchased an additional 1,500 acres. So. Along with the Oswald West State Park and the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve, this conservation corridor totals 32 square miles. It's really incredible to have that kind of conservation in an area that doesn't have federal land. And so we're really excited about those recent conservation wins that bring together the really important connections between our forests and streams and our ocean. We also have the Columbia River. I think many people in Oregon don't recognize how incredible the Columbia River is. It's um, got a basin that is actually the size of France. It starts in the mountains of Canada and its watersheds run through five states. It's not until the very end of this incredible watershed that it goes um, between Oregon and Washington and empties into our ocean. So it's important in terms of mountains and watersheds on land but it's also incredibly important in terms of ocean the ocean and productivity there's a lot of interaction between the estuary which is actually the lower 200 miles of that river and our ocean so cape falcon marine reserve is just 40 miles south of the columbia river and it's in the columbia river plume and so early scientific research that's occurring because of cape falcon marine reserve has seen that a lot of species in a day will go back and forth between um, these areas. Um, green sturgeon, this incredible, you know, prehistoric-looking creature, will swim the 40 miles in, in no time, and those uh, can live up to be uh, 100 years old. Um, we also have a lot of interaction with uh, orca whales and great white sharks and other whales, especially humpback and greys. I think when people talk about Marine Reserves, they often talk about what you can't do, but really there's so many more things that you can do in Oregon's Marine Reserves. So one thing that was of particular interest um, during our sighting of this Marine Reserve on the North Coast was um, boating, um, whether especially fishing boats could safe harbor and cross the Marine Reserves, and of course they definitely can. They just can't um, have their fishing gear deployed within the Marine Reserve itself. Um, And the public has a lot of opportunities to enjoy this place because of its location. The North Coast is of course, one of the primary vacation um, areas for both Seattle and Portland, as well as other um, locations really around the globe. And we encourage people to experience the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve in a variety of ways. Um, to really um, take the time to visit this incredible place. Uh, There's a lot of places to um, experience it. The easiest might be off Highway 101 on Neoconni Mountain, where you can look over the vast expanse of our ocean and down on the community of Manzanita. Um, You can also go out to the end of Cape Falcon itself. There's a beautiful hour and a half hike out there. And you can even walk the Neoconni Beach north of Manzanita. And when you're there, um, you can uh, you know just experience the beach, you can tide pool, you can picnic, you can wildlife watch. Um, all those things are uh, allowed and welcome in Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. The Cape Falcon Marine Reserve Program of North Coast Land Conservancy also has a lot of guided um, activities for the public to participate in, whether you're a resident of the North Coast or a vacation homeowner or a visitor. We hold um, hikes and talks year round um, and now because of our current um, circumstance many of those experiences are also shared online. Um, We have a variety of community science programs including an annual bio blitz using the iNaturalist app, tide pool ambassador program, seabird monitoring program, and sea star monitoring program. Even if you're not in the area, you can experience the Marine Reserve online. You can visit our website. We're at nclctrust.org backslash Cape Falcon Marine Reserve with a hyphen in between each word there. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram if you just search Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. And we have a YouTube page that has a lot of our previous uh, talks as well as um, videos. So, social scientists have done research around our ocean, and we found that anywhere in America and anywhere in the world, people are naturally heartwired to love the ocean. We feel connected with it, whether we visit it or not. It provides so much to us. You know, there's the practical things like, oh, oxygen and medicine and food from the ocean. But there's also the solace and the spiritual connection we have um, to the ocean. And especially in these difficult, difficult times, I think a lot of people, you know, listen to the waves to relax, to be able to go to sleep at night. Um, One thing, though, that's missing is attention paid to our ocean. Our ocean covers 70 percent of our planet, and um, we definitely don't put enough energy towards it. And so lately, that's one thing that surprised me the most is just that um, even our most concerned people about nature and our environment really focus on the things um, like forests and rivers and, and don't spend a lot of time on our ocean. So I'm really excited about Oregon's Marine Reserves as a location to engage Oregonians in our ocean so that we can better connect to and work on. Um, our ocean so that it's available to us and all of its benefits, but also to our children and our grandchildren. So North Coast Land Conservancy um, can be reached at, um, well, first of all, um, the website is probably the first place that people might visit to learn more about uh, the land trust in particular, and also the um, the Marine Reserve Program. So as mentioned, it's nclctrust.org. And you can reach us via email at nclc at nclctrust.org. And the phone number is 503-738-9126. As I mentioned previously, we have a robust social media um, presence, so that's another great way to keep connected with us. Uh, Just go ahead and search Cape Falcon Marine Reserve in um, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
2: So my name is Duncan Berry and I'm the co-director of the Cascade Head Biosphere Collaborative. And uh, I prefer to be known as a hymn. So I represent the, the Marine Reserve at Cascade Head and uh, it it is within the Cascade Head Biosphere Reserve here in the north central coast of Oregon. The Cascade Head uh, Marine Reserve is unique in the sense that it is uh, Back in um, 2016 in Dordogne, France, uh, the United Nations recognized it as part of the Cascade Head Biosphere Reserve system, which is one of only a few on the West Coast and one of only 700 uh, worldwide. So it it knitted together a, a patchwork of different designations uh, on land, finally with uh, with a marine uh, component of the marine reserve itself so that that was really an exciting connectivity um for us here uh and the history of its creation like any of them was uh really fraught i think by uh the commercial interests um i had a unique position on the 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 community team in that i had been a commercial fisherman for years and was running a sustainable uh b corp seafood company at the time but i was also seen as sort of on the conservation side of the fence. And so we, we all uh, waded through that very uh, difficult and thorny uh, um, process and we were able to shift the boundaries of this particular marine reserve uh, from a, a lot of sandy bottom to a lot of rocky structure uh, to protect um, populations of uh, residential rockfish. Uh, that are that were being uh hit pretty hard by uh, boats coming out of a, an adjacent uh a depot bay I grew up walking to school on the beach uh at a very young age uh, I lived in the Clatsop Plains and it in in imbued in me a just a deep curiosity about what it was that was washing up on the shore. And I think that was the place where I first had a relationship with nature. And it's stuck with me and I've never been very far from the ocean for the rest of my 67 years. Part of that was spending a lot of time uh, in the tropics. And one of those experiences was uh, a a number of trips over a whole decade um, to uh, what was later to become a Marine Reserve at Cabo Pulmo. on the uh, east coast of uh, Baja Peninsula. And firsthand, I didn't realize that later I would converge my life in a marine reserve and work hard for it. But what I saw happen to this community where largely the the biomass had been stripped off this really beautiful reef area, uh, with the marine reserve program, uh, I was a, a fisherman and a diver succession of four or five years i watched really nothing but a miracle happen in that location and what really impressed me the most is it wasn't the federales or other people that were um, enforcing the no fishing Uh, it was the locals who were passionate about this place returning to what they remembered when they were kids and their parents remembered And it's since become a destination, world-famous destination, uh, Cabo Pomo has. Um, You see uh, the the fish tornadoes have become famous in that location. And the the quality of life there has has gone through the roof for locals because of the economy of a non-extractive tourism that's basically almost all underwater. Uh, diving, but it really introduced me to the power of when you let nature return with its own resilience. Um, what that new relationship can be between humans and and these reserves. You know, Cascade Head Biosphere a Collaborative uh, spends a lot of time focused on the marine reserve uh, and the oceans. Uh, off of this 110,000 acre site uh, and we engage uh, a large body of volunteers and we also offer a lot of what we call sort of bottom-up uh, community-based uh, um, activities from exhibits. Uh, we have a, a longstanding exhibit at the uh, Oregon Coast Aquarium called Thanks Be to the Sea, which has information on the Marine Reserve and the Biosphere Reserve in it. Um, We have another exhibit at uh, the Hatfield Marine Science Center uh, that uh, depicts the impacts of climate change on uh, the Marine Reserve. We have just completed a a, a large uh, program called Art on the Beach, which is a hundred yard long sand drawings of uh, the inner workings, I would say, of the Marine Reserve. We did uh, 100, 100 yard long uh, kelp forest this this year with uh, with a sea otter in combination with the Alaka Alliance. And then the next day did sea stars as uh, the beautiful predators or the, the, the wolf of the near shore. And so if you're a visitor to Lincoln City, uh, then you have the opportunity to come down and through art and through this, uh, really giant canvas that a that a that a beach is on the waterfront of of all marine reserves, really we all have waterfront um and it's something michael we've stumbled upon, which is art is a is a is a real portal for illuminating science and we found early on if you sat down with people and you wanted to tell them all about the marine reserve program uh most people, especially families uh busy people tended to 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 tune out or, or fall asleep on us after the first half hour. But if we combine that with a gyotaku workshop, for instance, where they were printing the bodies of these creatures live, and while they were printing and making art, we gave them the background story and why they should, uh, you know, wh- what their relationship was with these creatures and related it to their lives. They go away. We had almost 1,500 people in these workshops uh, last year. and they all went away as ambassadors. Uh, they had art that they were going to hang on the wall. And when people asked them, what, what is that? They could tell them the story of the Marine reserves and Hey, you know, that rockfish, It they, they live to be over a hundred years old. So um, workshops, art workshops, uh, lecture series uh, within the, the local um, uh, community, uh, these art on the beach, we have a, a science project that involves that's called the forecast project welcome anyone to tune into forecastproject.org or cascadehead.org um, but the the forecast project is the impacts of climate change on uh, this sentinel site so the marine reserve and uh, its terrestrial uh, area of the biosphere reserve itself uh, and we're measuring in the uplands And in the estuary, nearshore, and oceanic, we're recording the impacts of of climate change over time on these habitats and their interrelationship. And so we have a large cadre of volunteers that's helping us with that. So you can go really deep beneath the surface. You can spend a day on the beach with us doing art. Um, We just think that making it fascinating and entertaining is a big part of enrolling people as ambassadors for the future of marine reserves. I think uh, just the fact that a body like the United Nations who spans the globe came to this place and said, you know, this is one of the rarest, most beautiful places in the world. There's a convergence of biology, sensitive biology, um, geography makes it really extraordinary. And one of the things that I would say about that is that we now belong to a group of island and coastal biosphere reserves around the world, and we're constantly exchanging information. So it's not just that we're in touch with the Marine Reserve Connection here in the the network, which is fabulous, but we have this ability to tap what's happening in Madagascar or uh, you know, in, in parts of Asia, uh, the Hawaiian Islands. And so I think one of the things that does allow us to spread the word and inform more people is that, you know, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people that are walking on the shoreline of this particular marine reserve. The only other thing that I would add is studying the marine aspect of the of the marine reserve. To be able to link that to everything else that's going on in the system, I mean, we know michael that these systems don't know the difference between an uplands and a marine shore you know they don't they don't have this description of habitats and ecotones and so one of the things that we love is what is the interrelationship between the marine reserve and the airways and landways and waterways uh, that it's connected to so we have Heard over the years, so many people say they're concerned about climate change and its impact on the ocean. And one of the ways we're plugging people into both climate change and the marine reserves at the same time is a project we call the Rackline Project. And you can read more about it at forecastproject.org. But what it is basically is if you have an iPhone and you're walking along the beach, you can open uh, the iNaturalist app and go to our platform, and it will ask you questions uh, and give you a little tutorial on how you can snap pictures, which will then be geolocated, put in notes, um, and we're looking for evidence of what's going on in the ocean, and the fact that it comes to us because we don't have boats we can get them out on, (laughs) so it's the, the evidence of what's going on in the ocean over time you know, all four seasons, uh, is washing up on our shoreline. And so what we're saying is snap a picture of that strange looking kelp you've never seen before, or those beautiful blue valella, you know, uh, uh, that are washing up on the, on the shore in March. And let's see if over time, you know, what are the changes that are happening in the ocean due to these, this, um, Really in, rapidly increasing effect of, of the changes in our climate. So, um, the best way to touch base with us is uh, either monitoring our different social media under both the Cascade Head Marine Reserve or the Cascade Head Biosphere uh, Reserve or collaborative. We're very present on all social media um the other way is to log into cascadehead.org and we have uh, over 30 videos there telling you about our work telling you about the marine reserve Uh, pictures are worth a thousand words Uh, and then if you want to really go deep into art and science uh, go to the forecastproject.org and all of them have very easy portals for volunteering and um we will put you to work right away on a variety of different really interesting projects i think our whole goal with the marine reserve is really to create those ambassadors but also to make sure that those that are making policy and those that are voting on it in the future are uh, well informed and excited michael that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time on is like what does it mean to me I, I, don't tell me i should care you know show me why my relationship with this place is is exciting or extraordinary or my life depends on it, then I'll care. And so, you know, putting 100-yard-long kelp on the beach, you know, people would ask us, well, kelp, okay, so w- who cares? I mean, really. I said, well, 70% of oxygen you breathe comes from algae, micro and macroalgae. Kind of important, you know, if, if we lose them, we lose 70% of the oxygen on the planet. So it's it's moments where they they can relate to what uh, is happening inside the marine reserve and understand it's not just uh, it's not just this abstract for other creatures, but it's also for their own lives.
0: And that's our show. Thanks for listening to Coast Range Radio today. You can learn more about how to get involved with the Marine Reserve Community Partners at omrp.org. You can learn more about Cape Falcon at nclctrust.org and about the Cascade Head Biosphere Reserve at cascadehead.org. And of course, they're on all the socials as well. You can find this and all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at our website, coastrange.org. That's coastrange.org. Please remember to rate and review this show on your podcast app, tell a friend, and see show notes for more resources. I love hearing feedback and suggestions for future shows and guests, so email me anytime at michael at coastrange.org. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.